Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. There's no easy way to say this, I guess, other than to jump right into the deep end and point out that passwords are kind of stupid. The whole idea of passwords to protect your information is really kind of a pretty dumb idea whose time has come and should die off. Uh, Barely a week goes by these days when we don't hear about this or that company having their systems cracked and having passwords leak all over the internet. If you're lucky, the company uh, had at least enough basic knowledge to properly hash and salt their passwords so that they're not recoverable. But Many, many companies seem to have stored their passwords in plain text and made them easily readable. And of course, tons of people tend to reuse their passwords over and over again, meaning that once they've leaked from one source, it's not hard for people to use them to log into other sites as well. And often those sites uh, might have some really sensitive data, which is now exposed. And of course, you don't want to necessarily blame end users. Uh, you know, it makes sense why they reuse passwords because passwords themselves are kind of a mess and not very easy to use. So what's the best way to deal with this? On the user side, there's been an increasing push towards getting people to use password managers. Well, many people, I think, got worried that moving passwords out of your brain and into a digital form might make them much more open to being hacked and discovered. Most good password managers these days are pretty well protected and encrypted such that no one should have access to the passwords except the end user. And on top of that, password managers have some nice advantages like generating unique and strong passwords for each account and making it easier to log into various services, adding additional features as well. Uh, for actually taking things further, the main thing that people focus on lately is what's generally generally called two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication, where you need not just a username and password, but a third thing as well that is not a, not something that you remember, uh, and that's often a unique number that that changes every um, so often. And so that'll either be sent to you via text messaging or via an algorithm generating new codes, say every 30 seconds. Um, the, the popular service there, are things like Google Authenticator um, or another service called Authy. Uh, of course, just recently a hack of a popular Twitter account showed that using text message notifications for two-factor authentication is not a very good idea either uh, because it's not that hard to get into someone's mobile phone account, spoof a SIM card, and then receive those messages and be able to log into an account. In fact, I think uh, NIST, which is the National Institute of Standards and Technologies, recently uh, decided to recommend not using text messaging for two-factor authentication. Another idea that's becoming somewhat popular in security circles, but not much beyond that, uh, is using a physical form of multi-factor authentication, sometimes referred to as U2F, and that's been popularized by the company Yubico, uh, which makes a a product called a YubiKey. In that case, beyond the password, you also need the small physical USB key, which if it's from Yubico, is called the YubiKey, which you need to plug into your computer and then touch your finger to. 
Um, it's not necessarily a fingerprint recognition, just needs um, some sort of touch. Uh, I've actually been using YubiKeys where it's available these days, which are not that many places. Um, and it's a pretty neat solution, but um, it's also a little little convoluted to set up. And, it, and again, it's not available in that many places. Either way, um, it's an interesting subject. People are so sort of invested in passwords, and yet it's kind of a dumb solution. So I wanted to discuss what comes next after passwords. And we've got our usual crew here. Um, we haven't had our full usual crew in a while, but Dennis Yang and Hirsch Reddy, welcome back, guys. Um, and let's start with the first question, uh, which is establishing where we all are on this. And so <laughs> what, what do you guys currently do in terms of um, security and passwords and stuff like that, if anything? Um, I mean, I have, you know, a password scheme. That's kind of how I approach. Oh, so you're passwords. one of those. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't discuss that, which is like, so that's sort of one step up from, right. from using the same password over and over again, which is that you have a scheme where you have some element of your password is basically remains constant, but right. you have something that changes so that, uh, that is somehow related to the site in question and therefore... Exactly. It's not exactly the same, but oftentimes, and I did that for a while too, and I would say that, you know, the the mental algorithm that I use is probably not that difficult to crack if someone really wanted yeah, and, to. Yeah, and, and if you were able to kind of see my password for one site, you would be able to figure out pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> right. Same, same, with, um, same with what I yeah, did. Right. But it's, yeah. it is one step above and it's yeah, slightly, slightly more secure. And I mean, the, ho hopefully the ways that, you know, people store passwords, um, you know, in that they, they hash them with some sort of salt that, you know, pe they, the, the sites aren't actually seeing in plain text what my passwords are. But that's a hope, of course, right? So, right. And that's the thing. It's like you just, but you really just need like one weak link, right? Yeah. And so that's like, that's the biggest concern to me is always like you think, you know, and, and you know, yeah, like all the big, the really big, well-known sites, like they do it right. But but there are still some that you you're surprised, like yeah, when and when they do leak, you're my, like, yeah, my my like favorite or slot. I don't know what's the opposite. Like I'm always horrified when I register for an account on a site and they email me my password. Yeah, exactly. That's the worst. You're just um, like, I'm oh like, my gosh, are you I'm like, you've just uh, proven you have no idea how to properly store I, passwords. I mean, I maybe like thank you for doing that. So now I can. <laughs> give you my stupid password which is one two three four five you know like something like that <laughs> right the code for my luggage right <laughs> so yes yeah, so so for yeah. those who don't know who don't live in this world if a site emails you your password if, if like either when you just sign up or if you like try and do like a password recovery thing if yeah. they just email you your password or, or otherwise tell you your password run away like, that is that, very bad <laughs> can I, can I, why do you guys think that that that's the worst what? sin? why yeah. It mm -hmm. means because it means that they know your password. That means right? they're they're holding it in, in plain text, right? No, I mean they could have dispatched the email and then just destroyed that data and only held the yeah, salted version. Sure, possibly, but yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, <laughs> I mean especially if if you click on the forgot my password and they email your password, then obviously they know it, right? Right. right. Um, but if sure, if they email you when you create the password, it is possible <laughs> that they're just like. We're going to email me email to you, you know, as a convenience thing, and 
but there, there's really no good case. Like I don't want my passwords in my email, right? Right. Um, right. See, like, that's that, that's a concern that I I, I don't think. It no, but but I think that it it shows kind of the lack of forethought that they have when yeah, and, and whoever, their whoever, authentication system. And whoever set that up, I mean, that's just a sign that they're not thinking through the security and so the, even if even <laughs> yeah. if it was a case where they then did destroy it and only kept the the, the salted hash version of it yeah. like i'm sorry like I, you can't trust a site that does that yeah it's really bad <laughs> are you, are you denying that, Hirsch? Are yeah, you gonna? I, I mean, I, I think that the, that of all the sins that I've seen committed uh, with site security, I think I feel like that's really? relatively innocuous because I feel like what? I mean, you guys are you guys are making an assumption about them not yeah of not destroying make, yes. the plain text. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's valid because I, I don't told, care. I, I don't care. The fact that they send it out means that they don't care about my password. Right? Yeah, like, they're, they're no, sending why, it. Why, why they're sending is it, sending if, if, the email to you because they're I mean, sending it in plain text automatically right there, right? And so, yeah. therefore, anyone who gets mm -hmm. access to your email who or who intercepts it in between is going to get access to it. That's a huge problem. Sure, but I mean. The inner, the man in the middle type of stuff. No, but uh, I'm, I'm not saying that the, the act, the, it's the actual hack. I, I'm just saying that the any site that is architected with such kind of a lackadaisical mm. treatment of a password is not one that I want to trust with anything more than, you know, I guess even my username, right? So yeah, um, like I barely want them to have my email address. Yeah, I, I, I practice pretty crappy password security. I, I think I have like seven or eight different passwords, and I just reuse them in different websites. I just yeah, I don't. I just see so that's know. that's what I did a long time ago, where I would have and I would have like you know one password that I considered for like more secure sites, yeah. one for sort of medium, and you know one for yeah. And so now I've gone I've gone much in the other direction now in terms of I use uh, I use a password manager. The one that I use is Dashlane, mm -hmm. um, and I went through and I spent like a couple weeks kind of studying all the different password managers that were out there and and actually and I had some qualms about Dashlane. Um, but in the so end, since I don't, I, I don't use a, a manager. How exactly yeah. does it work? So if someone knows your Dashlane password, have they unlocked yeah. the key to your life? Basically. So so yes. So that is the one thing you need to protect uh, completely is okay. is your sort of master password. Um, Can you so, explain how Dashlane works? Is it a website? Is it a no? So it's software. Um, and so, and, and not all password managers work exactly the same. And obviously I have the most experience with Dashlane, so I can, I'll describe that. I, 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 I'm not going to get into sort of the differences with some of the other ones. Um, so Dashlane in particular, like you do have a master password and you do, do need to memorize it. And there are suggestions on how to create a really good, um, usually it's actually, it should, it should be a passphrase, not just a password. Yeah. Um, and there's this whole process, the, the sort of popular thing these days is, is what's known as doing uh, diceware, um, which is that, uh, because no matter what you think is sort of a random password, it's, it's not. <laughs> like anything that you come up with yourself is not random and can be sort of figured out. Yeah. Um, and so basically like these people effectively put together lists of random words and what you're supposed to do is like roll dice and come up with um if you want it to be really secure pick six 
uh, six words that come out of the roll of the dice and create a six-word passphrase and then just memorize it and just, you and, know. But you have to memorize it. Yes, right? you have to memorize, but just that one passphrase. And what people have said is with the diceware one, like, you know, it, you know, basically what they suggest is like for the first few days, have it written down on a piece of paper. But after you use it a few times, it really gets stuck in your memory and you'll never yeah. forget it. Um and so, and and so, I think it, like this: if you have the six-word passphrase, like, like, if, you know, the most powerful computer trying to crack that it would take something like five hundred years. I forget. You know, there's a whole chart that says like how long it is. Like, if it's if it's a five-word password, it's like two hundred years. If it's a six, you know, whatever. I, I don't know what it is, but like basically, a six-word nobody's gonna crack that anytime. Right. Right. So now, uh, so that's that's just for that in terms of how the, the software actually works um i mean dashlane has a bunch of features but it, what it it does is it'll generate strong passwords for you um you can give it certain rules and you know some websites have like really stupid things like it has to have you know a symbol and a number and an uppercase or a lowercase and all that kind yeah. of stuff and so it can handle i hate, I hate those rules by yes. the way because it yeah, destroys they, my it destroys my password scheme yes yeah it destroys <laughs> everyone's password scheme yeah. so but so you know you can basically you can give it some instructions but basically anytime you come up with a um, you know, the, the software in this case, it, it, it has a, a browser plugin. And anytime you're creating a new account on a site, it'll, you know, pop up a little thing saying, would you like to generate a password here? And then it will store the username and password. And, and something, some crazy password that you actually don't need right. to know. Right? You never, you actually never need to look at it or never yeah. know it. And so like a lot of these sites, I have no idea. And I've never actually seen the passwords that I have for those sites. And then anytime you visit those sites again, there are different right. settings, but you can actually have it automatically log in. So the second you go to a site, it'll automatically log in and, um, you know, just sort of take care of that. Can I ask you, Mike, do, do yeah. you use this password manager for your banks and all these other things? Yes. Or you do everything. Yeah. I use it for everything. So it took me a little bit of time and I sort of, you know, got more and more used to it until how I trusted it, it more and more. What do you do about your mobile clients? Because there you have to manually yep. hit the end. So, no, so, so there's two things there. One is that um, they have an app for, for mobile too. I have an Android phone, so I use the, the mobile version of it. Mm -hmm. um, and when I first got it, I've had Dashlane for, I think, maybe two years now, um, they, it, it didn't really have a mobile client. Then they built a mobile client and it actually watches. And when you get to an app um, that, you know, has a password, it, uh, I can't remember if it's tied into the keyboard or what, I don't remember exactly, but basically it pops up a little bubble and says, do you want to um, fill in the password? You do generally have to then retype um, your, your master password again. Uh, and then it just pulls up the password. Right. Um, and again, you, you never have to look at it. Now, uh, and I think I mentioned this on, a, on, a, on another podcast that we did a few weeks back. Um, uh, Google has actually partnered with Dashlane, and they're trying to come up with an open standard um, for apps to make it easier for, for any password manager to then log into apps. And so it should get even easier as they go. So just knowing a little bit about Android's sort of programming model, like I, I, how do they interoperate like that and cross like, between apps to do that? That, that seems very I, strange. I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's one thing that I really don't fully Magic. understand yet. I mean, there's there's something. It's because it, because I, the apps are all you know they, they literally yeah. run in their own little. Well, VMs I think I actually think what it is is I think it's through the keyboard. 
Um, I think mm-hmm. they've integrated with the keyboard, and so I, you know, with Android, I oh, use... Oh, so there's like um, a Dashlane keyboard, essentially. It's, it's not a Dashlane keyboard. Da- Dashlane, you know, so one of the things that it did originally have was it actually did have its own browser. Mm-hmm. So you could just do that, and then it would automatically do it because it was its own browser. But I think what it does is I use, like, uh, SwiftKey is the keyboard that I mm-hmm. use. And so they somehow integrated with SwiftKey. And so because, you know, anytime you get to an app that has a password entry form, it pops up you know, the keyboard. And so when it does that, the keyboard notices and then makes a call and gets the, and the little bubble pops up from, from Dashlane. I don't know how other uh, password managers handle it, um, but that's how Dashlane handles so it. So moving on from sort of password managers, I, I think yeah. it's really promising that sort of Google is working with Dashlane to sort of make some kind of an open standard. I think the next step then is for Dashlane to go beyond just passwords, yeah. to work with the developers themselves and to offer something more than passwords, right? Yeah, well, th- and the other thing, and again, like my experience is, is particularly with, with Dashlane just because that's the one that I use. Like, you know, the other thing that I mentioned in the opening is this this idea of the, the physical, the YubiKey. Yeah. Um, and Dashlane is actually, as far as I know, the only password. They were definitely the first. I don't know if they're still the only one, but... Um, so do you use th- your YubiKey with with Dashlane then? Uh-huh. Yeah, so they, they uh, tied it in okay. so that you can now log into Dashlane with, with the YubiKey also. So if you ever lose that YubiKey, you're you're dead. Um, <laughs> I mean... Y- it's a problem. It's not... Yeah. Well, there are ways around that. The, yeah. There are sort of um, backups if you, if you lose Wait a minute. YubiKey, so, so even if you type in your master password, you still need the YubiKey physically? No, no. Well, you can do different settings. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I have, have I have a YubiKey, and the way I use it is you type it in, you type in the password you know, and then you push on the YubiKey, which is your two, your, you know, two factors: something you know, something you have. Right. right. So that gives you your two factors. Mm. Yeah, and, and so maybe, and maybe if you lose the YubiKey, you can use your other factor, just the fact yes. that you have the master password to. To yeah, there, there is there is a there is a way to is, th- is there a third password? I, I I forget the details, but I do remember yeah. when I was setting it up that there is a way. Like if you do happen to lose your YubiKey, um, that you know through, uh, I, I think it's it's basically an alternative like to email to, or, or something like Google or Authenticator, or Authy, or you know a, a, yeah. a generated code. Um, and and in terms of like with the YubiKey, like you can set it up so like on my laptop. I don't need a YubiKey. I don't have to use the YubiKey every time uh, I log I into Dashlane. I just, you know, the first time I use it on a computer, I have to use the YubiKey. Right. But not every time because that would just be a pain in the ass. I mean, I guess if I were super paranoid or, you know, worried that someone was going to get into my laptop, then I could I could change right. that. Um, well, clearly you're, you're at least a little more paranoid than Hirsch, for example. Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah. I guess. I mean, I don't know. If I, I'm, I'm, I'm paranoid. I'm just lazy. <laughs> lazy. lazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Is that it's like a lot of people are, are lazy. And, and, you know, again, like this, tr- this is not supposed to be like a commercial for, for Dashlane. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but can but, I just ask you yeah. something about Dashlane before we get off the topic? Okay, of sure. How do they make money? Are they charging you yes. for the mobile app and things like that? Yeah, no, they char- so they have a free version and then they have a paid version. Um, yeah. so you which, pay them money, which has a lot of features. And so, yeah, I pay them. I pay them a yearly fee. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, and can and I ask how much that is the fee? Uh, I don't remember. I think that it may be forty dollars. Um, 
and I think you can find discounts online. In fact, um, <laughs> I, I believe in our Tech Dirt deal store, we have a deal for <laughs> Dashlane <laughs> right now. But but, but I, I don't remember for sure, and that's just kind of random. Um, um, it's and and actually, honestly, like this this was. I think Dashlane is a little bit more expensive than most of the other password managers. There are some yeah. open source ones. There are some free ones. There are a lot of, uh, you know, the most popular ones are sort of paid yearly services. There's there's one that is like a one-time payment. I, they're all different models. And, and I will say that Dashlane is slightly more expensive than, than most of the other password managers that were out there. And that was actually like the big stumbling block for me in terms of picking Dashlane over the other ones because it's like, you're really going to pay that much more because it's I think it's a little it's noticeably more than most of the other ones and it was just like the more that I looked at Dashlane the more um, comfortable I was with that one over right. the other ones and decided that it was worth paying extra for it but if hackers were to hack one of these password managers that would be yeah huge huge well, like I, yeah, I mean, again, right. well, I mean, yeah, def define hack though, well, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. If it's not, if it's not hosting stuff online, I mean, you have to right. hack everyone's individual device. Yeah, you right? would still have to get everyone's passwords, right? So, like, yes, conceivably, if like the way that they encrypt everything is right. done badly, somehow, somehow. But that, you know. So right, at least I guess on one hand, it's centralizing all of the security risk. On the other hand. You're trusting that Dashlane and these other password managers are doing a, a good job and not yeah. emailing your you know your password in clear text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm actually, I, the fact that they charge a significant amount of money actually makes me feel more comfortable. For me, the the barrier isn't the money. It's you know I just don't want to install some janky thing that yeah. you know is going to leak yeah. all my securities. So. Yeah. Hirsch, I, I have one that I can charge you a thousand dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Let me know. And, you, I'll sign you up for it. And and so this, I'll tell you this, and 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 you'll probably think I'm crazy. And, and I I avoided doing this for a long time but dashlane does i mean does more than just store your passwords you can store all kinds of things and so eventually i i've actually put my credit cards into my dashlane also um yeah. so i mean that, i i use my i use like a chrome to store my passwords um yeah. right now like you know every time it asks if you want to store your password i'm like at, at, at some point i just started saying yeah go for it right um and so, so dash dashlane is the same thing but it's right. just you know it's a little more advanced and and um, yeah. but, but again, like, so even as I was saying, like I, I store my credit cards in there too, not just my passwords. And so yeah. like when I go to buy something, like I never, now I never let online stores store my credit cards anymore. Cause I just have them kept within, um, you know, within Dashlane. And, and to me, that's even easier because I can just do one click and, and dash Dashlane fills out, um, all of the, um, you know, all of the information in order to, to buy something with a credit card and, and the store, I don't have to worry about the store security. I'm just worrying about Dashlane security. Hmm. That makes sense then. Yeah. Um, I'd love it if there wasn't even, if it, if, if sort of Dashlane had some kind of a developer API where they kind of authenticate who you are and then the enabling of the website for you is, is actually a handshake between Dashlane and, and the website, right? Yeah, and, da and Dashlane has some sort of a totality uh, picture of you in terms of it's not just a password, but maybe it's your device location and a couple of other factors. It factors everything in and says like, okay, we have a high degree of certainty that this is Mike Masnick who's doing this action from this device, um, and you know passes that on to the developer, and then the developer makes a decision whether or not to allow you to get on. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting, right? And you could see, like, as sort of, like, AI machine learning stuff becomes more popular where that kind of thing could be more doable, where it could take a whole bunch of different factors about... Yeah, maybe you know, it, it, it asks you weird questions that only you should know or something without even ever you ever being logged in. Or yeah, I mean, we didn't even mention, like, the dumbest thing in the world are those those password-related questions, like, you know, where right. you log into a site and it's like, what was your mother's maiden name? Where did you go to elementary school? Um, yeah. Or the really dumb ones, the ones I really, <laughs> the ones where it's like, what's your favorite restaurant? And it's like, well, that changes. Like, don't use that as a password. Yeah, so I have to be like, okay, so I signed <laughs> up for this site like three years ago. What, I, what was my favorite restaurant back then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's one, one thing that, that somebody recommended, you know, if you're using a password manager, um, you know, you could just put in garbage and then just stick that garbage into the password manager. And so, right. you know. So when it pops up, like, you know, what's your favorite restaurant? Just pull the... They can always lie (laughs) the same way. If if you are... If Dashlane is only storing your passwords locally, if you you physically lose the machine on which it's storing the passwords... there, so it's it's not just storing it locally, right? So it's it's encrypting it. It encrypts it locally, mm-hmm. and then it'll put that encrypted blob up into the cloud, and then you can pull it down elsewhere. Oh, and then your master password is probably the decryption key, essentially. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that that's how you can use it on your computer, and then on your phone also, right? Mm-hmm. Or on other devices. So right. yeah, I mean, they they are storing something on the cloud. Like yes. Storing, okay. Right. So there is a, there is yeah. a risk there, right? I mean, it's yeah. there's a big encrypted blob up there of all my information. Um, and so, so if someone is able to decrypt that entire blob of Dashlane, yes. amazing passwords, they would unlock the key to yes, Masnik and and a lot of people's lives. Yes. Right. Which so would be bad. so yes, so that would be bad, and and there have been some concerns in the past about some password managers where sure. they, you know, and I, I guess I I entrust a bunch of my passwords to Chrome, and they're storing them somewhere. And there's some sort of a, th- a scheme, and I don't pay them a cent, so. Right, right, <laughs> right. So I, I mean, there's, there's all, all different things, but, you know, um, you know, on, on the whole, I've just, I've d- decided that it's, it's worth that risk. I, you yeah. know, I may regret but that. You know, I mean, the other. Sorry, how far away are we from like not like? Do we have to have passwords anymore? Like, it's kind of, it seems like a silly thing, no? Well. You know that's what you, we were talking about before, right? Like if, yeah. if if you if we're talking about the totality of circumstances, right? Rather than just having a word, maybe a word is a part of it, but the rest of it is the fact that you see Dashlane now has a mobile app, so yeah. they know where your phone typically is at different times in the day. They kind of know your how you walk probably based on the accelerometer. They might know a bunch of other things. They know your pattern of how you've browsed, and so if all of a sudden they get a request for you to log in from some strange IP address to this website that you don't typically log in at this time of the day, they can through some theoretical future API allow the website to know. They'd be like, hey, you know, so Dennis is logging in with his correct password right now, but it's these and these and these are are strange circumstances. So, you know, take that as you will. And then that that, that feels kind of like the credit card company calling me when I'm perfect yeah. doing something perfectly normal well that's that's <laughs> only yeah but that's the only that's the only way you can be completely safe right in that circumstance like uh, uh, it, anything else i think other than having some Even sort like of biometric stuff when yeah of course a bi- think about it like people whenever they talk about biometrics i feel like they're not thinking clearly because what is biometrics at the end of the day it measures certain things about you and it boils it down to essentially a number or a piece of data which mm-hmm. is then represents you and your assumption is that, oh, hey, you know, s- since I am measured through a fingerprint scanner, that no hacker can 
get into my stuff without a fingerprint scanner. That's not right. The fingerprint scanner communicates through an API just like any other piece of security technology, which ultimately just sends data to uh, a website, which checks the data. So if they get a hold of that, essentially, what's your password, your fingerprint ID, it's the same thing, right? So it's not, it's just a different form of password, yeah. but it's just a password. Um, yeah, so, if, you, if you could sort of intercept the digital version of someone's yeah, fingerprint, right, then right, you, right, can, right. you can fake right, that. That's but, fair. And, and there are, I mean, there are examples. There have been, it's, you know, mostly research level stuff where like, um, you know, people can be identified by the way that they type, you know, give them, a, give them a passage of text to type and you can identify them. So you could see something like yeah. that happening where it's just like, if they don't recognize you immediately, like mm -hmm. type this paragraph and we can determine if, you know, what the likelihood is that that's Dennis, right? At, at the end of the day, up until the point where they actually call you and even sometimes after they call you, it, they can't be a hundred percent sure, right? Until they see you face to face. So sure. It's it's just different levels. But how do they know you by seeing? They, you know, they don't know what you look like. Yeah, I know. So you know, at the end of the day, you know, we get to this really weird place where it's like, what? Who is Dennis? Right? Like, who is Mike? Like, you know, it, if you get somebody who looks exactly like Mike and talks like Mike and all this other stuff, is it? Can we be sure it's still Mike? Like right now, yes. <laughs> and you know, I, I think you know, let's think about sort of the way we create. We we initially create a relationship with a bank, right? A, a bank right now doesn't take your fingerprint, doesn't take a picture of you, doesn't record a portion of your voice uh, or anything like that when you walk in. All you do is you show them an ID, a legal ID, and that sort of uh, joins a particular uh, account to a quote-unquote real person, right, through the, your ID, your driver's license. That's, that's all they do. But I think if we really want to talk about kind of a secure world, I think at the point where people uh, initialize their relationship with an entity – they sh we should really go through a few more steps right like we you know you might want to have your picture i mean at your option i don't want to create a big brother world it's it's, it's sort yeah. of at your option like if you want a very secure account uh then you'll have to do xyz things right. and i think and i think just like with applications on a phone you know like when you use an android phone now and you open a new unfamiliar application the first time you use it um, the OS will, will, will query you and say, hey, do you want to let this application do you access the camera or do this and do that, right? And then you, you say, okay, yes, I do want this application to have those sort of capabilities. I think when you create an account with a bank, I think you need, you're going to want to say up front, like, you know, this is the level of security I'm comfortable with. And I, I think a lot of people will, will sort of ask for the dumbest version, which is essentially like today's security, where it's like, as long as I give my password, just do it. Uh, but I think there, there might be circumstances in which other people uh, may ask for sort of a higher level of scrutiny to, to sort of authenticate themselves. And, but that will only happen if the costs of, of fraud fall more on the consumers than on the companies. And right now, the companies bear the costs of fraud. And so if you ask a consumer, hey, do I want to jump through some extra hoops yeah. to get authenticated, consumers are always going to say no, right? So there'll be there'll have to be some bigger changes in sort of the market before we see these kinds of things. Yeah, and I mean already, right? I mean, like a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about in terms of like password managers and two-factor authentication and all that. Like the problem right now is that it is a hassle to set up, right? I mean, even I took a long time to set them up, even though I knew I wanted to. But it's just is like, oh, do I really have to do this? And it was only like once I saw like some other journalists have their stuff hacked, where I was like, okay, I really probably should set this up. 
And, you know, the thing is, it's actually not that difficult to set up, but it's just that mental thing of like, oh, man, I got to understand how to do this now, <laughs> let alone the actual process of setting it up um, that I think, you know, scares a bunch of people off. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times, you know, you're just speaking on the, you know, the journalists hacking things. There's there's a, a, a couple of journalists that are pretty sophisticated technically who've been hacked. Yeah. And, and and I'm not sure the password managers necessarily protect them because the, the avenues by which they've they've been hacked have been have been pretty uh, well, pretty, well, pretty right, out so of their hands, right? It's it's essentially they call a place that has their password and then uh, they, they, they essentially what's the term? Yeah, it's social they engineering. Social engineer the password yeah. out of some uh, you know flunky uh, who works there, and and that's sort of a thing. I mean. I think the one thing that's good about your security setup, Matt, Mike, is that if someone were to crack one place, yeah, uh, they wouldn't be able to get in anywhere else. Whereas other yeah. people probably and should. and even then, like you know, the social engineering, um, you know, if you have two-factor authentication, it's actually that's that does protect you against a lot of social engineering because social engineering might get you a password or get you a password reset, yeah. but it won't necessarily get you the two-factor authentication stuff. You know, the the one case where where that did happen was with twitter where somebody got into a twitter account but that was because they they social engineered both the, the reset of the password to twitter but then also um got the guy's cell phone number and twitter's only two-factor authentication system right now is to send the text message so they were able to intercept that text message too yeah and so is wait, that wait, how, how how could they enter oh because they called the telephone well, company or something and got yeah the, the phone number reset. yeah okay. and, well so they got they mm -hmm. somehow i don't remember the exact details but they got his phone number and they basically um forged a sim card to basically mm -hmm. pretend to be that guy's phone so that then when they reset the password they tried to log into twitter and it sends you a code and says you know, use this as your two-factor authentication code. They got it, and so then they yeah. could then log in. Wow! Um, and so hackers. Yeah. So I mean, so like going back to your point though, Hirsch. Like, the fact is, like, if someone really wants to get into your computer or get into your accounts, they will. Right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's nothing that is perfect. There's there's no solution that is 100% perfect, right? It's just there's always trade-offs and there's always different decisions and, you know, whether or not you're you're a target or not, you know, and different precautions that you should take in different situations. There's, you know, there's no 100%. Like, if someone really wants to, like, you know, there's what, what, what some in the security world refer to as, like, um, the, I forget, I think it's called the bad maid attack, <laughs> which is basically, like, <laughs> you know, if your computer is ever out of your sight and yeah. someone could access it, like yeah. they could somehow install a keylogger or something and mm -hmm. that's, you know, everything else goes up, you know, up in smoke in that case. Right. So yeah. like there, there are always, and now like, you know, you see at like DEF CON every year, like there are stories of like, you know, if, you know, like getting through air gaps and like, if you're just like listening to how someone types, you can get their path. Like there's, <laughs> you know, really, really sophisticated ways into, you know, any anyone's accounts if they really want to right mm -hmm. so like you know the idea of perfect absolute perfect security is that's that's just crazy right that's a myth right but you you can do things to sort of overall protect yourself mm -hmm. and there are solutions that are probably better overall um to you know to just to keep keep you away from sort of significant trouble i think it's worth mentioning you know when when we talk about passwords i, I think a lot of times when people are talking about the security of passwords they, uh, what we're really talking about when you say things like the bad maid problem is is the fact that um, any sort of really complex security scheme um, 
there's going to be sort of an entryway, right? Sure. Yeah, and and for us, I think part of the complication is the fact that the the reason why it's so easy for a bad maid to compromise you right now is because you have a single device, right? The the laptop that essentially is sure. I mean, I, I think what you're saying is you know, if you want to be able to get in, then there's a way in. <laughs> no, but yeah. what I'm saying is even if, if we wanted to protect against the bad maid, I mean, there's there's probably a way to do it, right? Which is just to ha to make it so that any sort of really uh, consequential security change that you would need to make would need the cooperation of three or four different devices or a quorum, right? A majority sure. them, or something like that. Um, and, and failing that, it, it would require sort of a video chat with you specifically speaking <laughs> to someone, right? Um, and those are those, you know, setting up a system like that is not a technological challenge. It's someone it's it's more just like no one. It's a it's a question of sort of coordinating between security companies like Dashlane users and then end user websites, right? Like Gmail, et cetera, to use um, a, a better sort of security scheme. Well, it's also like, I mean, the hassle, right? I mean, like if you want to well, change your password, mm -hmm. do you really want to, you know, have to set up a, sure. a conference no, call no, 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 exactly. <laughs> and, but, and tie but, together four different machines or whatever? No, but I think, you know, that's what, where my suggestion comes in, which is that, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it should be a graduated and opt-in kind of a scheme. Right? Sure. And, and the... If you have essentially just like we give permissions, right, for different sort of apps, some people won't care and they'll be like, I don't care who gets into my Gmail, right? It's not a big deal. But for you, for example, or like, you know, like, or, 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 or somebody like um, who's dealing with national security stuff, it, they, it which would is make not sense me. For, I'm not yeah, dealing no, with national, national security, security stuff. <laughs> but, but, you know, a lot of people would probably want to sure. hack you, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, or Glenn Greenwald or somebody, right? Sure. Like who, who probably nation states are trying to hack his stuff, right? Yeah. So, it would make sense for his particular account to have, you know, huge amounts of security where he would basically say, you know, if I, if, I, if I don't simultaneously log in with three devices, like, don't let me in. Yeah. You know, uh, and, you know, different things like that. And then even if there's a bad maid, like the bad maid would have to get into the laptop, get into the cell phone that might is probably on him, uh, as well as get onto his watch, which is probably on his wrist. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's it would become prohibitive. You know, yeah. we're talking about like Mission Impossible types. Yeah, and I mean, right, there are things now where it's like you can like, you know, the, the again, in sort of security circles, one of the things that people use, like I know like Glenn Greenwald is known to use this is, um, I think it's called, is it Tails or Trails? I'm blanking on the name all of a sudden. But it's like a very secure version of Linux with all sorts of very secure software, but it runs off of a USB key. And it runs completely off of a USB key. So even if you, you know, you just plug in the USB key and it boots off of that. Um, so, you know, even if you leave your laptop behind, doesn't matter yeah. as long as you keep the USB key in your pocket. Yeah, but and then you have, you know, when, when, we, when we say the bad maid, we really mean a sophisticated bad maid, right? Like, so sure, someone yeah. could put a, a key logger in the BIOS. And sure. You know, yeah. There's all sorts of potential issues with almost anything that you. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't. I don't think that, that that having that sort of like OS on a USB key is kind of necessarily like um, any more secure than just having an anonymous uh, smartphone, right? From some like that you just picked up off the street somewhere where the only identifying thing that ties it to you is the SD card and a SIM card, right? Because uh, one of the challenges that hackers have is that they need to identify the device that you're on and the IP yeah. address, right? Otherwise, 
they don't know in the billions of machines out there which one specifically they should be trying to break into. So if you're constantly rotating the machines, um, or, or you just have this anonymous machine or, or smartphone, as the case may be, uh, that that might be sufficient, right? Um, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of things. I actually had a conversation with a cryptographer. This was about a year ago, and he was talking about how um, it was more just sort of for like for the hell of it that he was doing this. But he he was he had bought like a, a black phone, which is a, a company that has designed a specific phone you know, designed to be extra secure. Mm-hmm. But that he had you know purchased it with a um, uh, you know, a prepaid card that he had gotten at a particular location where he had like, you know, left all of his phones, you know, and, and taken a bus and paid cash and like, you know, gone to a certain place to get a prepaid card to go get this phone. He never turned the phone on in the vicinity of one of his other phones. He had like all of these schemes and like every time he had to like pay anything, he would, you know, again, leave all of his phones behind, mm-hmm. you know, go to go to uh, a certain a different location, get a prepaid card, go and pay in a different location, go back, put the phone in like a Faraday thing, you know, a Faraday bag, you know, all these things you know to to be super secure which is just you know you can do it and he was explaining how he did it and and there was no necessarily no real reason to do it other than to just sort of you know understand that process of how how could i keep a completely secret and and the and the fact of the matter is he's so connected with that phone because um there's so many ubiquitous cameras everywhere as long as that camera footage is available someone will correlate his location to the yeah i mean then yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, it's entirely possible that's you know. Then you're starting to get into sort of the sci-fi area, but it's it is you know very likely possible in a lot of cases. Um, all right, so I think I think I think we're gonna we're gonna close this one out. <laughs> um, but but let's see. Do do we have any predictions in terms of where where you think sort of you know passwords go or where this kind of security stuff goes? I mean, I think if you look at a company like Authy, and uh, I don't know how successful they are, but I, but I, they, at least uh, one website that I use uses Authy, yeah. uh, which is Coinbase. And it seems like a really good model, which is to say that, you know, our, our key competence is security, and we're going to make it really easy for you, the, the website developer and the users, yeah. to integrate this additional level of security and to just kind of make a business out of it, which makes it so that every company isn't trying to reinvent um, the same thing, right? Yeah. And, and I think it'll be through somebody like an Authy or a Google or a Dashlane that will get this multi-factor uh, authentication, right? These these higher levels of kind of yeah, security. Yeah, and, and that, and that I, may be true. I mean, I know some people who won't use Authy because it also stores your account information in the cloud. You can use Google Authenticator and it has the same yeah. al- algorithm as, as Authy and then it's stored on your own. But then if you get a new device, you got to reset up all those accounts. So like there are trade-offs there too. But yeah, I mean, Authy is definitely an interesting one also, which we didn't really discuss. Um, so, Dennis, yeah, what, I mean, what I think about the, you? I mean, two-factor authentication, I think people are going to continue to use the, the, the phone. I, I, I don't necessarily see, like, Authy or something like Authy being accepted by the general public. Yeah. Um, you know, for more technical things, I think that's okay. You know, YubiKey is interesting as well, but, again, not for, for general consumption. But I think at least the, 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 the cell phone confirmation will become more and more of a pattern you're going to see everywhere, I think. So... Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think one of the things that can start to happen is that it, it becomes much more user friendly, and you know, I mean, that's one of the things that that 
you know, I've liked about Dashlane is like once you get over that initial hurdle, it is actually yeah. super user friendly and, and does add all these like pretty useful features actually on, on top of it. And so, um, you know, then it gets to the point where it's like once I'm set up, um, now it's even easier to do stuff than before and like generating new passwords, not having to think about it, not having to remember passwords at all. Yeah. Um, that's actually like super handy. So I think like as this stuff gets more and more integrated, that's why like I'm, I'm happy about this, the effort between like Google and Dashlane to do, to do stuff on mobile phones, like that'll become easier. And so I think we can get to the point where it becomes easier. And that may also be true of other things, including like, you know, authy style codes or, or YubiKey style keys. Like we can make it easier, more user-friendly, and then more people will start to adapt it or adopt it. And so, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's that's where we go, and that the whole concept of just sort of a general username and password start to fade away, and we get to more secure overall systems, which again won't protect you entirely, but will will get people to be generally more more safe and protected. Yep. And and no more clear text passwords, <laughs> because that's just wrong. All right. <laughs> so I think I think we're done. Uh, interesting conversation we'll see what happens with it um and uh i don't know Do, you, any any other final words from the two of you nope nope <laughs> all right well thanks for joining us uh for having a good conversation thanks everyone who's listening and uh, we'll be back next week to grab a shovel and think of the cat if we don't stand up to them someone will get to grab a shovel and think